0: Welcome to Hmong Man Talk. I'm your host, Shiso Moa. On today's guest, we have a self-defense instructor during these chaos. Isn't really needed? Well, let's find out. But first, let's thank our sponsors. Are you looking for the latest Hmong-inspired menswear? Well, look no further. Shiso's menswear makes suit accessories, apparels, uh, and you can find them at www.XIXOMenswear.com. Hey everyone, we're super excited here beautiful day out here uh with all the crazy you know what's happening in in this world uh, recent activities um with with, especially women you know in our culture we want to discuss some few things about self-defense so i brought along a gentleman in north carolina uh christian king welcome man
1: hey i'm glad to be here thanks for having me on the show
0: Awesome, dude. Um, tell us one thing we don't know about know
1: about you. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, so something that most people know about me is, um, so I graduated in 2013 from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Uh, my major is actually psychology. So I have a bachelor's in psychology. And then um, it's interesting because most people don't suspect that because I, I'm a firearms instructor and I'm also a cybersecurity engineer. So it doesn't really seem like something that you would leapfrog from one from uh, from one bachelor's into a
2: different career altogether. Interesting.
0: Um, with uh, you went to school where again?
1: Uh, Chapel Hill. So if you ever keep up with um, with college basketball, we are Carolina. That's us.
0: Awesome, dude. Big, big sports guy, too.
1: Not, not too much, interestingly enough. No, but when I was there, uh, me and my friends, we would keep up a little bit with all the sports stuff. Uh, I mean, Carolina's big into college basketball. Uh, every time we have a big game, Carolina-Duke game, you know, you have Michael Jordan in town. Um, it's a lot of sports history there, but me personally, I'm not really too much of a sports guy, unfortunately. So unfortunately, a lot of it was lost on me.
0: Uh, were you born in the South
1: yeah, yeah. So I was actually born over here in North Carolina. So I was born in Conover. So most of the Hmong population in North Carolina, they're in like a hickory area. Um, so, that's, so that's where I was born. Um, and I pretty much spent most of my life in North Carolina. Um, I lived in Minnesota for a little bit, so I got to experience a lot of the Hmong culture up in, in Minnesota, and I love it. Uh, I miss the food the most in Minnesota. North Carolina food is, it's all right. Not that great, but uh, Minnesota's just got a huge, diverse. Um, it's, it's a lot of culture. Um, it's just a lot of diversity in the food. Whereas North Carolina, it's it's getting better. Not as good in Minnesota, but it's getting better.
0: You must miss a bowl full up here then.
1: <laughs> oh, so many options for good food up in Minnesota. Down <laughs> down here, you got like one or two good places. That's it. And if those places are busy, then
0: sucks to be you. Uh, Christian. You know, we're going to get more deeper into these recent incident of attacking and that has happened, and you kind of want your bias opinion on it. Um, maybe you're helping expertise in it. Uh, you are a certified firearm instructor for the past four years, am I correct?
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I've been teaching for a little bit over four years now as a certified firearms instructor. So certified with the NRA. I'm also certified with the state of North Carolina to teach concealed carry.
0: Okay. And just making sure you're not like cop or ex cop or anything like that or military
1: no, at so, all. Yeah. So a lot of people ask me that, but actually I don't have any background, uh, military or police. Um, so that, that kind of, Some people get kind of wary of that because they think, okay, well, if you don't have military or police experience, you know, what do you know about shooting? And honestly, the thing is, if you ever get the chance to talk to military or police guys, um, most of them, they don't really do much shooting at all. Right. Um, a lot of your police guys, they're mostly doing a lot of paperwork. Um, you know, they're dealing with people in the streets. Uh, it's not, it's not that often that they actually have to use that firearm, thankfully. Um, the same also goes for a lot of military people. Um, not everyone is that guy walking through the desert, holding a rifle, right? You got a lot of support people, things like that. So even a lot of your military people, they're not really firearms people. So what kind of makes me a little bit different is that I'm specifically a firearms person. Um, I am somebody who takes, I take this job very seriously. So I'm constantly getting training myself from professionals. Um, from a lot of guys who are military and police who are firearms people. And I'm always constantly reading and understanding um, the different contexts for self-defense, the usage of self-defense, the do's and the do nots. Because when I teach my class, uh, a lot of people who come to my class, what I tell people is that pretty much most everything that most people know about guns is wrong. We've been taught by rectangles, by movies, TV, video games. And if that's where you learn about firearms, you've learned a lot of wrong things about firearms. So I have to help people unlearn to think that they've been taught about firearms. And so you have to understand a lot of the fundamentals, and you have to be able to um, make things kind of simple for people. Uh, because when you get into gun stuff, gun stuff gets very technical very fast. So it's very important for me that I take high-level concepts, and then I make them very understandable for regular people. You growing up with the
0: household of guns, like your dad had guns? and. You touch out to of shoot
1: guns and so forth? No, no. Oddly enough, uh I did not. Um my in my family, uh nobody did any hunting or anything, uh, which is kind of not very typical for a Hmong family. Most a lot of Hmong families you grow up, you know, your dad hunts, your grandpa hunts. Uh but that's not how our family was. Um honestly it was kind of weird for me to get into firearms because I
2: don't really have any of that background. So um, to be
1: honest. I grew up playing video games, grew up playing Battlefield, Call of Duty, all these video games. And then it kind of sparked an interest in me. I love learning about the historical side of it. I love World War II, uh, modern modern warfare. I love learning about you know, a lot of these combat systems, st- strategy, techniques, things like that. And so it it kind of blossomed into me really enjoying learning about firearms. And then from learning about firearms to starting to shoot myself. And then... I've, I've always been someone who loves to teach. So it kind of kind of blossomed from there. Everything just kind of came all together
2: at once.
0: Which we want to get to, you know, it's, it's not video game, but more reality now with, let's say, Grand Theft Auto and what you see there. But let's talk reality of some of the incidents that happened. Um, sure. Is that stuff yeah. preventable?
2: Right,
1: right. So let's go ahead and let's let's pick a situation. So let's go ahead and let's talk about Georgia, right? So we have that guy in Georgia, right? So he went and he shot up a bunch of of these uh, Korean spas and massage places, right? So he killed, um, so he went in and he specifically was targeting these Asian women, right? Those were his specific targets. Now, a lot of people ask, is this preventable? And honestly, it's very difficult to say if these things are preventable, um, because number one, we're kind of in a Pandora's box type of situation, right? Um, when we kind of think about that way, there are hundreds of millions of firearms in the U.S. Okay, so actually getting firearms out of the hands of bad people is kind of a difficult thing to do. So a lot of what people talk about is uh, we need like better background checks, we need um, better mental health checks, and there's a lot of things that we can do as a country to to help people who are going through a lot of psychological issues. Okay, um, that's one of the things that we can do. And then a lot of people, this is where I get kind of controversial myself. Okay, because my personal opinion, I would actually say it's more of a fact. I'm, it's that when bad things happen to you or around you, um, you cannot just Rely on other people for help. Hope is not a good plan. All right, just praying and hoping for help—that's not a good plan. Okay, evil people exist regardless of how many firearms there are, how many weapons there are. Right? Uh, in China, there is a trend of people taking knives and just going to schools, going to public places, and just stabbing tons and tons of people. Right. So, so when we talk about are these types of situations preventable? um it's it's very difficult to prevent number one because all the guns are out there and if you were to it's going to be difficult for you to go and round them all up okay once the, once the cat's out of the bag it's going to be very difficult to kind of round all of these up um number two
2: what also makes it very difficult is that um
1: Regular people have the right to carry firearms, okay. And then when we talk about like those background checks, we talk about like mental health stuff. Um, sometimes it happens that that these people they are able to pass these checks, right? Because they haven't actually done anything bad before, okay. And so, it's not something that you're going to see go away in in any society. I would say, because the, the larger society is, the more on the fringes of those societies you have these people who. Um, you have these people who are very hateful, who are very evil, who want to hurt a lot of people, and they will find a way to do so. Okay. So, in my honest opinion, it's not something that's gonna go away anytime soon. It's not something that's easy to solve. It's not something that you can solve within the next three, five years. That being the case, this is this is why I push um self-defense. This is why I push being able to take care of yourself because evil people aren't gonna go away, right? always going to have to deal with evil people. A lot of people don't like the idea that you may have to defend yourself against an evil person one day. A lot of people don't like that. They want to be they want to feel very safe where they are. And I want people to feel safe where they are, right? Um but uh, in the same way that in the same way that we require people to wear seatbelts, in the same way that we require buildings to have fire extinguishers, um it's good to have a plan on how to deal with these types of problems. How do you deal with People who want to hurt you hurt your family right you should have a plan you should have some basic skills to protect yourselves and protect your loved ones so that's where we kind of get into what i teach with concealed carry is that for regular people um this is this is the class specifically tailored or just your everyday joe who doesn't really know guns doesn't really know self-defense doesn't really know any of this stuff um i target them because i want them to of start building skill sets right protect yourselves protect your loved ones and then you also end up protecting the people around you as well right because if you have that good person there who has the skill sets the tools and the capability um you are able to protect those innocent people like in your immediate area right and if you get more and more and more of those people then you have larger bubbles of areas that are protected from bad people So that's kind of my own personal philosophy and belief. Um, Bad people aren't going to go away anytime soon. Um, We have been trying to get rid of murderers since the dawn of humanity, right? And they're not going away anytime soon. So it's good for you to develop skills, uh, get tools, uh, become very
2: capable and confident in yourself that you can protect yourself.
0: With that being said, with especially family, what is your advice for the best self-defense tactic if someone enters your home and threatens harm while you're at, you're at home with your children?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a great question. Um,
1: number one, the tricky part about this is that every state has different laws. So North Carolina has laws regarding Castle Doctrine. Minnesota has different laws. California has different laws, right? And you have to understand these laws, Okay. Because number one, the most important thing is that you are alive at the end of the day, that your family is alive, that they are safe, okay? But number two, um, we want to make sure that when you defend yourself, you don't go to jail for that, okay? And the way we do that is by understanding how the law is set up for your particular state. So um, honestly, I'm really just gonna focus on North Carolina law because I'm certified for North Carolina. So it would be kind of out of line for me to talk about like Minnesota or California and how they relate to defense of the home. But in North Carolina, we have what's called Castle Doctrine. And what Castle Doctrine says is that if you have illegally entered the home, right, if, he, if they break in, um, like kick down a door, if they, if they open a window, um, even if the door is unlocked, right? So we have there's a lot of instances of burglars. They'll just go and try the door, right? See if that door's unlocked and they'll just walk right in. So if someone has illegally entered your home, right? North Carolina law says that um, they have no regard for your life and your safety. So you are legally allowed to use lethal force to stop them from hurting you, hurting your family. Um, You can
2: use that firearm in that situation to defend yourself. Um, This also goes
1: back to, to kind of planning ahead, right? Build those skills get those tools, become confident with them, and also have a plan, have a plan for yourself, um, your wife, your children, and everybody should know that plan. Um.
2: So if, if I were to talk about my own home defense
1: plan, um, this is where we, where we start going into the nitty gritty details, okay, because these plans start to get, they don't get compl- complicated, but there are nuances to the plan. Uh, one of the nuances to the plan is, One of the things that we've been seeing is that when people call the police or when people have the police call to their houses, uh, not necessarily for bad things, okay? If the police ever come to your house, and sometimes the police come to your house late at night, right? So a lot of people say, okay, I'm going to answer the door with my gun. I got my shotgun. I got my pistol. I'm going to answer the door like that. If they come to the door and you have a gun when they are there, um more likely than not police officers going to shoot you okay we have seen this time and time again um police officers they are they're trained to respond to threats okay um a lot of them a lot of departments there's there's a lot of controversial police training and one of those controversial police trainings is that if there's even a hint that there's a lethal threat against a police officer's life you just draw and shoot that's what the police officers are taught all right so that's why we a lot of times we see with these police officers, um, they mistake toys, they mistake wallets, they mistake cell phones for firearms. As soon as they do that, they draw and they fire, right? And we get innocent people who are shot by these officers who just detect a threat and then immediately they shoot. And that's what we're seeing a lot of times when police officers, they come to the house late at night, right, they knock on the door. Um, Maybe the neighbor said, I think I hear them arguing or maybe an alarm company will get an alarm call. And sometimes they will mess up the address and they'll send police to your house, right? And if you open that door late at night and that's a police officer there, the police officer will not hesitate to shoot you in your own house. And it's very rare for them to get in trouble for this. It's very rare. So I kind of get sidetracked because there's just just so much information. But um, talking about home defense, if I were to talk about my own home defense plan, my own home defense plan is uh, I gather my family in the master bedroom call the police. And then at that point, I'm not going around the house. All right. Uh, I'm not doing any kind of fancy tactics, uh, close quarters combat type of stuff. Uh, I'm waiting for the bad guy to come for me. Bad guy comes to me, you know, he's dead. Right. But if I'm walking around the house, you know, trying to be tactical, rainbow six, going through the whole house. Right. And the police officer sees me then police officer is going to shoot me instead. Okay. Um, and I, s- and I speak about this because, uh, like I said, these are, these are things that, that we can see from news articles, uh, that things that have actually happened to people, right? So, so understanding the laws is fundamental. Understanding how police operate is, fun, is fundamental. And having a good plan for yourself and your family is fundamental.
0: Should you always
1: run when an attacker has a gun? Uh, all right. So this is, this is where we also get into some more technique about self-defense concealed carry. Uh, General consensus from most firearms instructors is that uh, you don't draw your firearm if you have a gun pointed at you, okay? The reason for this is because, you know, if that guy's got a gun pointed at me, right, it's gonna take me about a second or two to get my gun out, right? In that second or two, he just pulls the trigger and I'm dead, okay? Um, So what we do in those types of situations is we comply and then we kind of wait for opportunity either to escape or to fight back. Okay? But if you got a gun pointed at you,
2: um, you try not to fight, okay? because you don't want to get shot. So you either comply or try to find an opportunity to escape or fight back.: Fair enough
0: You know. Um... I wanted to say one thing too, because being you know these women, you know most likely they're going to be petite, most likely about one hundred fifty pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, let's just use that for example. You know, with their weight being like one hundred fifty pounds, or you know, even a home invasion, right? Um, someone that weighs 150 pounds, and what would you do when someone's confronted with a person that is larger in weight and strength advantage?
2: Gotcha, gotcha. So. This is this is where we get into, like I talked about before. Um, actually, let, let me roll back a little bit. All
1: right. so so I should mention one thing first. United States is very special because in the United States, you have the right to self defense, and not just not just self defense, but armed self defense, and not just armed self defense, but in most states, you have the right to conceal carry a firearm for self defense. So. This is very special because we're, we're about we are pretty much the only developed country in the world where regular citizens have this right, right. So if we look at, say, like the United Kingdom, for example, United Kingdom, you cannot carry pepper spray, you can't carry a stun gun. Absolutely not. OK, you cannot carry any tools for self-defense at all. Um, the only thing you can have is like a rape whistle. Literally, that's about the only thing you can have. Or you, they have marking paint literally just like a like a can of paint right that's all you can have in the United kingdom because you do not have the right to self-defense in a lot of countries, right you have to defend on the government to protect you and if anybody has ever called the police before i mean you're you're waiting 10 minutes 30 minutes if you are in like a major city um heaven forbid you are in chicago okay? uh, chicago they're only coming there to write a report long after bad things happen okay um So the United States is special because you have a right to arm self-defense. You have the right to conceal carry in most states. So that gives you the capability to plan ahead. Okay, plan ahead to protect yourself. Um, So for a lot of smaller ladies, I'll give you guys another example. Uh, One of my closest friends, he is a third-degree Taekwondo black belt. Uh, He is a Taekwondo instructor. He has years of national championships. in taekwondo and so one summer we were working at a warehouse and so so he is he's like five foot ten like 160 pounds right and one of the other guys there he was like six one maybe around like 80 pounds right so the guys had 100 pounds on him like a couple inches on top on him right and so they would always wrestle for fun and even though my friend he is a he is third degree taekwondo national champion he could never beat him the other guy was just raw bigger. okay? So your technique doesn't matter. when It's just raw power and raw size. Your technique doesn't help you when it comes to a physical fight, all right? That raw power is just going to win unless, unless that other person doesn't know what they're doing at all. But that raw power is going to win. Um, this is why I highly, highly advocate, especially for women, that you get a concealed carry permit, uh, you learn how to use it, and then you train with it okay um having these things is useless unless you actually train with it uh because one of the things we do in my classes is that we put people on a timer as soon as you introduce a little bit of stress into that shooting situation people fall apart right uh, people go to the gun range and they sit there at the gun range and then you got your paper target right and you just quietly shoot your paper target and they think great i know how to shoot a gun okay but when you introduce a timer, when you introduce stress, people fall apart. Um, they're not able to aim accurately. They forget, okay, which one drops a magazine? Which one do I do to reload route, right? What happens if you're done jams? People fall apart under stress because they did not practice. They did not train. So plan ahead. Uh, get your tools, get your certifications. Uh, have a plan and train. Those are all, all key points, uh, especially if you're a lady, because we know that Bad guys like to pick on people who are smaller than them, people that they can overpower. So me as a six-foot-tall gun instructor, I'm going to be less of a target than uh, a smaller Moan lady who is like 5'2", 5'4", like 120 pounds, right? So they're going to be more of a
2: target than, than any bigger guys.
0: What would be, you know, when there was an incident in California with an older lady, um self-defense and mm-hmm. I applaud her for what she did. It's right there. Oh yeah. What oh, would will, yeah. will be the single best self-defense tip, maneuver, move you could give small frame 60-year-old women who's mm-hmm. in relatively mm-hmm. good physical shape.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So this is where I tell you to be careful about saying that. The reason is is because a lot of times you go on social media and then you see this cool video of all right, this you get this small girl, and then she does like, like this judo flip, grabs a guy, flips him over, or like kicks him in the groin. And there's one really flashy move. We've all seen those videos, right? A lot of ladies share those videos and say, like, okay, ladies, do this type of move to get away from a guy. Um, the problem with that is um, those moves they don't work unless you actually train with those. Okay, just like any other self defense tool, if you do not train with it, you're not going to be able to remember it. They're not going to be able to execute, it, right? Um, so, so I can't. There's, there's not a specific one simple thing that I could tell like a smaller lady to do in order to protect herself easily, right? Uh, unfortunately, my advice is much more difficult than that. You kind of piggybacks on what I was talking about earlier. Is that
2: get the get the tools, get your certifications if it's required in your
1: state, and get training and practice with, right? Um. If you don't have all those things, if you don't have that skill set, if you don't have that practice, um, then it's going to be completely useless to you, unfortunately. So it it takes time. It's actually something that you have to work on. Um, These are perishable skills. So you kind of forget these things. You lose these things if it's it's not something that you upkeep every once in a while.
0: I heard about pepper spray. I mean, that would shoot, what, 15, 20 feet? That was recommended um, for women to keep in their homes you know, mm-hmm. rather than a gun. Yep. What do you recommend?
1: Yeah, actually, uh, so I talk a lot about self-defense, and I have a lot of self-defense tools. Let me let me grab my pepper spray really quick, and then I'll kind of talk a little bit about
2: it. All right. And I've got my pepper spray over here.
1: Okay. So there's lots of different types of pepper spray, like I said. Uh, self-defense is my thing, so I'm constantly talking about different self-defense tools, items. What I recommend is people get pepper spray that has a practice bottle and also has just a regular pepper spray. Okay. The reason for that is that there's actually different types of pepper spray and they do different things. So if you don't know what your pepper spray does, uh, then you're not going to be able to use it effectively. So, for example, we got the small one here versus the big one. The small one shoots in a mist, kind of like a cleaning bottle, okay? This bigger one shoots in a stream, like a water gun, okay? What that means is that this one has a range of about one to two feet. It also means that if the wind is blowing towards you, you're going to get pepper spray in your own face, all right? This one shoots in a stream, and it comes with a practice bottle. And the first couple times that I practiced with it, I realized that it's difficult to aim, okay? Uh, when you grab this, this thing is round. So it's not, not very apparent where you're aiming, okay? So it actually took me a couple of tries before. I was able to every time pick it up, point at, a very, uh, point at the same spot, and I was able to hit it, right? Uh, just like I talked about before, firearms training, martial arts training, pepper spray also takes training as well. So I tell people, I got this from Academy Sports. This was about, it was like about 15 bucks. Came with the pepper spray, came with the practice bottle. You're gonna carry pepper spray. You need 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 to get a training bottle and practice with it. Um, and the pepper spray is useless if you don't know how to do it. It also has a safety, right? If you don't know how to disengage that safety under stress, like I said, under stress is where people fall apart.
2: Um, you can get training and practice with it. You know, with that being said, um.
0: With all the recent incidents and what has happened, let's let's talk a little bit about you a little bit. Have you ever, have you ever been bullied in high school?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think that's something that that I got a chance to talk to you about before. But honestly, most people will probably say that's that's the typical Asian American experience, is that you're you're different. You don't fit in. Especially over in North Carolina where um <clears throat> especially in North Carolina where there's not a lot of Hmong people here um so you definitely stick out right so so just growing up you always have people kind of picking on you and especially being younger i was very i was very quiet kind of shy type of person and it wasn't until high school that i was able to um well number one i got i got big right i grew up to six foot tall and number two i i was able to find my own voice and stand up for myself and not only that but i was empowered to stand up for other people okay um and there are people who stood up for me, and I looked at that, and I said, that's what I want to do. I want to stand up for people who don't have a voice, people who aren't able to stand up for themselves. That's what I want to do. And that kind of carries on into what I, what I do now.
0: And that's how we give you the seafood name, Instructor Kang. Is that correct?
1: <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. I kind of gave that to myself, but uh, people call me that now unironically, so I appreciate it.
0: Um. You know, being a uh, certified firearms instructor, it seemed with a lot of recent incident. you have a few more more women than usual that has come and want to learn about safety, not firearms, but only self-defense. Am I correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's a trend that we've been seeing in our classes. When I started in um, back in 20s, 2017, it was either 2016 or 2017 when I started. Um my classes were typically about 90% men and 10% women. So of a class of like 20 25 students there would be like two or three ladies in that class. Um nowadays I'm seeing about a 50/50 split. So there's a good balance between the, the ladies and men who come to my class. And honestly like I mentioned before that's that's something I'm very happy about because when we kind of look at the bad, at the behavior of bad guys these predators right they want to pick on people are smaller than them, people that they think that they can overpower right um so big guy they're not really going to focus on me but they're going to more focus on somebody like my wife who's that much smaller mong lady so that's definitely something that we see
0: um i was just curious of what some of these these mong lady that has involved and what mm-hmm. the objective is yeah i guess it's self defense but of mm-hmm. what Is it going to be, I'm assuming, from that maybe rape, you know, incidents, Mm -hmm. self defense? I'm just wondering what their objective
1: is. Yeah. Yeah. So, one of the ladies who took my class, she shared a story with me that she and her boyfriend, they went to go, they went to go to a gas station late at night. And so the boyfriend's pumping gas and then she goes into the gas station. And then she's walking around the gas station, kind of notices that the store clerk is kind of eyeing her. And he's kind of following her around. And so she's kind of weirded out by it, right? So she goes into into the cooler where all the beer is, that beer cave. So she goes in the beer cave. And then the store clerk, he follows her in there. And then he goes in and then he locks the door, okay? And he says, I'm not going to let you out unless you perform this sexual act. on." Okay? And so she freaked out. So she's yelling and screaming, yelling and screaming for him to let her out, right? And it, and eventually, eventually he gives up and he lets her out. Right. So she's terrified and she runs out of it. And so in that type of situation, um, she would very much have been justified in using a firearm to defend herself. Okay. Um, Because there was a very credible threat to her life and her safety in that moment, right. She got locked in there by a much bigger guy. Okay. And it would have been, She's not a martial artist or anything, right? So there's not really any way for her to
2: fight her way out. Now, one of the things that I like to...
1: Uh, let me grab my training gun. So this is my training gun. I use this for demonstrations in, in the classroom. Okay. So one of my big things is that I teach my students that...
2: Number one, the firearm is the last thing that we go to. Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, we try to get out of the situation by just physically leaving number two if we can't physically leave we try to confront that person say hey you know i don't have any problem with you Uh, i don't want to deal with you don't bother right if that doesn't work or if things escalate to the point where that person is going to either seriously injure you or is trying to kill you or trying to sexually assault you right and you have no other options uh, the firearm is that last resort. Okay? We do not take the firearm lightly. We do not use the firearm um, just willy-nilly. Okay? When we bring the firearm out, that is a conscious decision that we will potentially have to take a life. Okay? So we have to be very mindful of that. Um, the other thing I teach about self-defense is that when you bring out the firearm, when we actually talk about shooting in self-defense,
2: Uh, We shoot until the threat stops,
1: okay? I don't teach my students shooting to kill. I teach my students shooting until the threat stops. Uh, If you shoot until the threat stops, you fire two, three shots into that person, um, there's a good chance that they're going to be dead. We shoot until the threat stops. Now, if we bring out that firearm and the threat stops, that person stops, they back off, then we stop as well, okay? So we shoot until the threat stops. If the threat stops, then we need to stop as well. Because uh, picking a life is not a simple, easy thing to do. And if we don't have to do that, then we shouldn't. So I'm very, very big on that. Some instructors, they are very gung-ho about the idea of shooting a bad guy. Um, I'm not. Because I personally value life. And that's that's why I teach this class. Um, Even the life of the bad person. So I value life.
2: So we shoot until the threat stops. um, No more, no less.
0: Is this something that you teach? I, I'm pretty sure your, your wife absolutely knows how to handle guns, uh, being an instructor. But what about your kids? you teach gun safety and self-defense?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely so. Definitely so. So my son, he's pretty young. He's only about a year old right now. Um, so definitely as, as he gets bigger, I'm going to definitely teach him firearm safety, number one. Um, I'm huge, huge on firearm safety for children because – when we, when we talk about kids, this is where we go into everything that you've been taught about guns is wrong, okay? Pay attention to what your kids are watching. Pay attention to what your kids are playing, right? If they're playing Call of Duty, if they're playing Fortnite, if they are watching um, just their cartoons, their action shows, okay? Even like, um, some, I was at somebody's house and they were, watching, they were watching the Star Wars cartoon, right? You got all these soldiers running around with their guns, shooting everything with lasers, right? And all these all these things, the only thing they teach your children is you take the gun, you point it at someone, and you shoot. That is the only thing that you are taught by video games, TV, and movies. Okay. None of these things teach you about any type of firearm safety. The only thing they teach children is you pick up the gun, point at someone, and you shoot. That's the only thing children know about guns, because that's the only thing they've been taught about guns. So, I'm super big on firearm safety for children. Um, what we need to teach our children is, one, if they see a firearm, don't touch it. Make sure that they don't touch it. Father, sister, cousins, friends, no kids touch the gun, okay? Because uh, it's not just your kid you have to worry about. You have to worry about other people's kids, right? Make sure that your child is able to tell the other children no kids touch the gun. And get an adult, have the adult put the gun away, Okay. Because you may not be able to control the environment in other people's houses. You know, you visit your cousins, you visit your uncles, and you go to other people's houses, right? And they might just have guns lying around, right? We've been to many people's houses where they have sketchy stuff lying around, right? So that's what we need to teach that to our children. Uh, there was an incident where there's a Little League game, and there was a dad there. He had a, he had a gun in his pocket. And as he's leaning back, the gun fell out of his pocket, right? So little kid's wandering around. He picks up that gun, goes up to his mom, points at the gun, bang shoots her with it, right? Because the only thing he has ever been taught about guns is pick up the gun, point at someone and you shoot. The only thing kids have been taught. So um, That's why I'm huge, huge on firearm safety for children. Definitely, definitely. Um, anytime I teach my class, I'm always emphasizing that.
0: Absolutely. You and I probably hear enough on the news of the kid picking up the gun and it has happened to their dad. There's a little sibling in the accident mm-hmm. shot. shot. You know all just, the guns time. yeah guns was just simple reach and of course mm-hmm. maybe safety's not even on because you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying it is off and they pull and that's it a life mm-hmm. would just take just that.
2: Yeah. right right and that's actually another thing about firearms i'm going to grab my real gun for a second so
1: so this is my real firearm this is my glock handgun okay um so when you talk about the safety being on or off most of your fighting your combat handguns actually don't even have a manual safe. Okay. So there's not a safety to turn on and off like a hunting rifle. So if this gun is loaded and if you pull that trigger, uh, there's no safety. It's just going to go off. It's just going to fire. That's the way these guns are purposely designed. Um, most fighting handguns are designed without a manual safety uh, because the holster is designed to be the safety. Okay. Uh, with that good quality holster, you should not be able to pull that trigger. And this is how the handgun is meant to be kept um, when you are when you are carrying it loaded. Okay,
2: if you're not carrying it, it should be unloaded. But yes, most most of your fighting handguns no manual safety on them. Thanks for elaborating that. Um, yeah, definitely. And, and instructor
0: came, you know, it's been very insightful with stuff deep in. And what you've been doing, keep it up too, man. Um I ask you these few things is Sure. Shefter Kane, what does it mean to
2: be a Hmong man? Yeah, yeah. So that is a
1: great question. Um when we kind of look at the history of our Hmong people. When I was in college, I I did a couple I did I did a semester project where we kind of delve into Hmong history, you know, where where did we come from? You know, what
2: what is our story? And one
1: of the biggest themes about the Hmong people is that the Hmong people, they, they desire to be free. Right? They desire to be free and they desire to love their families and take care of their families in, in their own way. Right? We don't, don't really like having the idea of other people's rules always over us. So for better or worse, that's, that's something that is very important to the Hmong people
2: um but when we kind of look at we kind of look
1: at kind of in a modern context uh the world has changed a lot since those old old days of mong kingdoms so to be a mong man um what i would say is that one of the core things that's very important to me is that i want to keep my people free okay I don't want my people to worry about a lot of evil people out there who are going to hurt them because um, they don't like Hmong people. Right? We hear all the time you know, Hmong guys hunting and people coming to kill them. Hmong guys fishing, people coming to kill them. Um, we hear there's a lot of violence against Asian people in general. right? Um, I don't want my people, I don't want anyone to have that burden of fear that I can't do this, I can't go there, I can't be something because people are going to hurt me, right? Um, as I mentioned before, the United States is very special in that we have that right to self-defense, okay? Um, few countries have that. No other developed countries have the right to conceal, carry a firearm, right? Because uh, that is a huge, huge responsibility. So I teach this because these are your right, Okay, You have the right to do this. You should take advantage of your rights, right? Um, so I want my people to be free from being fearful of evil people and i want my people to love their families to take care of their families um i want our families to really grow really flourish one of the things that we know about the Hmong community compared to other asian communities is that um, the Hmong community doesn't really flourish as much um so even even when i was like in High school and college, I always push education to my peers. I push education to to younger students. Uh, I went to a really good school, and I have I have a really great job now. I love my job, and so it's it's very important to me that that's another thing that I do is that I help young guys, uh, even young ladies. I help them get into really good IT careers because that's what I know. Um, I am a corporate cybersecurity engineer for a Fortune 150 company. Went to great university, and I have a lot of background in that. So that's that's what I teach. I teach a lot of these young folks get into these careers. I've helped about five or six guys get into these careers now. Um, they're making really good money now. They, um, a lot of them, you know, they just thought you know just be working in a factory for the rest of my life, but they are they're up there. They're making six figures, um, working for s- some really big names, and. They're doing what I'm doing, um, helping their brothers, sisters, cousins come up into those really good careers too.
0: That follows up to the next one with high school and and uh, yourself. Meaning, what would you tell Instructor King? Tell the younger high school age Christian King
2: about self defense.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I think a lot of us, when we're young, we're kind of aimless. We don't really know what we're going to do. We don't know really what we're going to be. And I I never really saw myself where I am today. And I think I was very worried about that. I I know, especially when I was younger, I I was pretty sad. I was pretty depressed because it really didn't seem like I was getting anywhere in life. And what I would tell my younger self is that what really, what really helps a lot is if you have a goal, if you have a direction, and if you, um, you surround yourself with people who are in places where you want to be, um, there is an idea that you are the average of your five closest friends, five closest people to you. You are the average of them, right? So if you're just constantly around people who, and they're not really going anywhere in life, they're not really doing much in life, right? And for some people, that's okay. That's fine. But if you want something more, if you want something better, then ultimately you are going to have to kind of seek people outside of a very limited worldview. And you have to set goals for yourself. Um, and that's that's something that it took me a while to do, to be able to, to figure out what I wanted to do and kind of set a goal for it and really work towards it. And then once I did that, things slowly started to get into place. I was able to uh, finish college. I was able to um, find a place where I could build experience, start working for a good company and then really work my way up. So that's that's what I would tell my younger self. Um, pay attention to who you are around, right? Because you, you tend to be the average of the people you're around. And to to set a goal for yourself and really work for that. Don't give up on it. Last but not
0: least, and we're very thankful for your time. Where can we find you, man? Give us a quick bitch where we can get a hold of Instructor uh, King.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so right now I'm mostly on Facebook. I'm on Instagram as well. Uh, you can find me under Instructor King. Um, I am. I'm working on building my website right now. I've I've kind of been lazy uh, because we have just been. Busy for this past year, just doing classes on classes. Uh, so this past couple, this past couple of years, we've got through about maybe about know, seven hundred students so far. Uh, and I just, I just sold out two classes. I just got another one coming up, and that one's filling up fast too. Um. So, yeah. So find me on Facebook, Instagram, Instructor King, and then hopefully soon I'll have my website up as well.
0: Awesome. Thank you for your time, sir.
1: All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Well, that ends our episode. If you haven't yet, visit our website at www.momentalk.com or find us on Facebook, Moment Talk. Lastly, if you're listening on, on us on a podcast from Stitcher or Spotify, Google Play or iTunes, please give us an honest rating. Also want to give a shout out to the intro and outro at coolcookeditup.beatstar.com. Check it out for the latest beats he's pushing out.